Thank you, thank you, Mandy. Thank you, the worship band. Amazing songs to put our hearts and minds in the right place, isn't it? So happy to see you all and happy new year. Happy new and blessed new year. We can feel that the Lord is doing something in our midst this morning. And I'm so happy to see you all, really so excited to see you all. Our thoughts, of course, and prayers are with the ones who couldn't make it today. So we pray for them as well as they will uh, listening online to this message. As I'm sure God has something for us today and this year. It feels like a, a wind of refreshness and change as we enter this new year. And we can see, we can feel God's presence in our midst through the Holy Spirit, through the songs we sang, through the people present here and the attitude of worship. And it's an amazing place to be. So I'll bless you in the name of Jesus this year. And we look forward to see what God has in plan for us this year, really. As we remember, he changed the world with 12 disciples. 12 people ready to give their lives and to follow him. Now look at us here. There is no age of retirement. You're not too young or not too old to follow our Lord Jesus Christ and work for his kingdom. So praise the Lord. We're starting, as Mandy said, we're starting a new preaching series. And what else could be more appropriate than Jesus' sermon for us? This is his first public, full sermon. And at the beginning of the year, what else could be more empowering for us? Just to listening to Jesus' words. This is the first part of his Sermon on the Mount, and it's called the Beatitudes, as you know. And I hope and pray that this series will be transforming our lives, will be transformative for all of us this, uh, in this church. And the Bible, as we know, includes some wonderful life lessons. But when Jesus speaks, it feels so actual, so powerful, so intimate and personal, if you like. When Jesus speaks, we know that he was the most influential speaker that the world has ever seen. And this was the testimony, by the way, of the people listening to his words. At the end of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7, verses 28 and 29, let's see what people said. They said, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Jesus spoke as one who had authority. And he knew he has a limited time on this earth. Right? So he publicly worked for about three years. So that's why he kind of gave us the essence of his message in the Sermon on the Mount. And this is what we'll be looking at in the Beatitudes. Um, the Sermon of the Mount is considered by many to be the most significant speech ever given. And it was revolutionary at that time for people um, of the Jewish religion. And it still is today. It helped us to understand the character of Jesus and more. So let's read the full passage from Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 to 12. And Sarah kindly agreed to read for us and help us with the text. Thank you. Matthew 5, 1 to 12, the Beatitudes. 
Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who are hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Wow. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Wow. Just reading through those words, it makes us aware of the presence of the Holy One, the presence, the speaker, the Son of God. So my purpose today is to introduce you to the Beatitudes, and then we will have each Sunday uh, one of the Beatitudes to deep dive into it and learn from it. Uh, today is just a background information. So first question is when this speech happened. When? We have some slides as well. Thank you, Gemma. Um, this happened early in the Jesus' ministry, actually, as Matthew uh, said in his gospel. This is after Jesus' um, baptism in chapter 3 in Matthew, uh, and then his temptation in the desert, desert in chapter 4. He returned to Galilee and called four disciples, as we know. And it's, it's clear that he was on a public tour of Galilee, teaching in synagogues and teaching people about kingdom, the kingdoms of God. At the time of Jesus' sermon on the mount, the Jewish leaders had turned the law of God into thousands of rules and regulations. It was really, really too much for people. For example, observing the Sabbath day, their leaders thought that you should not look in a mirror on a Sabbath because you might be tempted to pluck out a gray hair and that would be considered work on a Sabbath. They also said that you could only eat an egg which had been laid on the Sabbath if you killed the chicken on the, for Sabbath breaking. In the, you know, if the lights were on when the Sabbath started, you could not blow them out. If they had not been lit in time, then you could not lead them during Sabbath. So we see how many rules and regulations on people's lives. And I know for a fact that churches nowadays, they've established their rules and regulations. And we hear very often, in order to be saved, you need to do this. In order to be welcomed in heaven, you need to go in this place. In order to be accepted by God, you need to be doing this and that. And I've attended a few funerals, actually, in some villages, and there are so many superstitions. The first question some people will ask was, when the person died, did they have a candle lighten when they died? 
because they may not see the way to heaven. Or in the coffin, they used to put like coins and saying they need to pay when they cross the river to heaven. So many rules and regulations people are tempted to put um, in the word of God, in the way we are saved. So therefore, Jesus' speech here, it was revolutionary. It was something the people in those times, they never heard. It was a change of the heart he was speaking about. And it was clear following his messages that the Bible says as well, there is no other rule or name under heaven and earth for our salvation but Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 4 verse 12 we read, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved but the name of Jesus Christ. So he provided us the real meaning of the, of the law given by God to people for their blessings. So that was when. The next slide talks about where. Where does this happen? And we read in Matthew chapter 5, verse 1, 2, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. Jesus sat down to speak. We're looking nowadays of people speaking in front of um, you know, crowds, sitting on a high platform or cathedral um, or in a stadium. Jesus just sat down probably on a rock and spoke the word of God. And in the past, we can see the rabbi will sat down and the audience will stand up. Shall we try? Let me grab a seat. I mean, now churches, you know, fellowship um, will sit down. I know it's, uh, it's obviously not comfortable for people to, to stand up, but uh, that was just a joke. It's very interesting to see that Jesus was speaking on a mountain, a small mountain. Because the scripture very often associates mountains with a revelation from God. And let's see what happened on Mount Moria. Do you remember? Abraham was tested. What happened on Mount Sinai? God gave the law to Moses, right? What happened on Mount Carmel? Elijah was proving God's amazing power. What happened on a little hill Golgotha? We all know Jesus was sacrificed. What happened on a Mount of Olives? Jesus ascending to heaven. We see mountains in the scripture is associated with a God's a revelation from God. And now, in this speech, we see Jesus, the Son of God, the Word that became flesh, the Logos, the knowledge, sitting on a little mountain and revealing God's will for people and for us. And this is such an amazing scene that we see. In John chapter 1, we remember those verses. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling amongst us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus spoke the truth through the Beatitudes for all of us. So let's open our hearts and minds to receive them. The third point this morning is who provided the Beatitudes? 
Of course, very simple answer. Jesus Christ, the Messiah. His very own words captured here by Matthew. But you know, this speech points towards a prophecy in the Old Testament made by Moses. In Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 5, Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your fellow Israelites. You must listen to him. Moses taught Torah, the law of God. And now the new Moses, Jesus, came to explain what is all about. To teaching the new Torah, the new ways of living in the kingdom of God. This is something profound here. The new teacher, the messianic, the new Moses, sat on a mountain and the crowd heard his voice, his words. From him, in whom, as we read in Colossians chapter 2, verse 3, in him are hidden all the treasure, treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So this is our speaker. Many believe that the Sermon on the Mount is the greatest sermon ever preached by the greatest preacher who ever lived. And even other spiritual leaders like Mahatma Gandhi praised the writings and said, the Sermon on the Mount went straight to my heart. This is life-changing sermon and word from God. So while we're studying this, Let's remember who the speaker is. It's Jesus Christ. And he did not give this teaching based on what people wanted to hear. He gave this teaching based on what people needed to hear. Because nowadays, as we know, people are looking for preachers to tell them what they like to hear. But Jesus pointed to our hearts, to our minds, to our soul, to our inner being, and wanted to send us an invitation if you want to follow me, this is the new person that you could become. If today we're receiving an invitation to say, you're invited to listen to Jesus preaching in Adelstone Victory Park, I think we will leave everything and go and listen. Those were the blessed ones to listen to these words. And we are blessed at the beginning of this year to approach this sermon as well. Next point, who was the audience? Who is the audience? Well, in the parallel text in Luke chapter 6, verses 17, 19, we read that a large crowd of uh, his disciples was there, great number of people from over Judea, Jerusalem, coastal regions of Tyre, Sidon, came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by impure spirits were cured. And the people all tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. The disciples, the crowd, we today are the students and Jesus is the teacher. So like good students, let us be prepared to receive, to get, take our seats during this sermon series and to receive his words. Point number five, what are the Beatitudes? Well, the Latin word for blessed is beatus. So therefore, we get the word beatitude. And beatitude means literally to be blessed, prosperous or abundant. And this shows us what God considers when someone is truly happy and blessed. 
Also, the Greek word, if you like, is makairos. And the word captures the idea of those who are fortunate and blessed by God's grace. Therefore, this is more than an emotion. Being blessed is more than an emotion. The Beatitudes are short statements or principles provided by Jesus himself. And they lay the foundation stone for what's coming later in the Sermon on the Mount. They are simple but profound in meaning. They provide guidance. They point to the right attitudes. And they teach us great truth, what, what really matters. This shows us not only the blessed that we are here on this earth, that we can be blessed on this earth, but also it reveals us how the kingdom of God looks like and how we will be in that kingdom of God. It gives us a glimpse of the humanity-restored nature in Jesus Christ from our sinful nature through faith, through the faith in our Lord Jesus. So they are, if you like, like a perfect spiritual diet given by Christ to all of us at the beginning of this year. So let's all take this diet for us. Point number six, why are the Beatitudes so important? We touched on this earlier as well. But they are what makes Jesus' teachings unique, Set him, setting him apart from all the other teachers. They show what a transformed heart from inside out looks like. They show the proper attitudes in dealing with one another. Jesus' teaching was revolutionary because he was talking about a transformed life from inside out. As you remember, he used to say, not what enters someone's makes him impure, but what comes out of a person makes him impure. Our thoughts, our attitudes, our mind. So that's why he came to show us through the Beatitudes, the ideal heart condition of a citizen of God's kingdom. And just to remember as we step into this amazing season. Remember, there are not a set of rules and regulations that if we obey, we will go to heaven. No. We will go to heaven based only on our faith in Jesus Christ our Lord and on his work on the cross. But these Beatitudes, rather, they are a guide for us to show how we should live as Christians following Jesus our Lord and Savior. How are the citizens of the kingdom to live among the nations in our society? And the main idea here is that God's people can delight in their call to live differently, knowing that true blessing comes from submission and dependence on God and following our Lord Jesus. These Beatitudes are a new character in Christ. Unlike the Ten Commandments, the Beatitudes are not new laws to live up to or to strive, um, you know, forcing us to fulfill them. But rather, it's a new way of living to see the character of our Lord Jesus and trying to be like him. And the wonderful thing is, we will not be able to achieve for our own powers, for our own endeavors. But through the Holy Spirit, we live, let ourselves transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit to become more like Jesus through this. 
And let's reflect for a moment what makes us blessed in a practical terms. Nowadays, you know, what makes you blessed? What makes you happy? We hear people saying, a new car, a better paid job, material possessions, good relationship, power, fame, control. Rather, the word of God in Psalm 1 verse 1, it says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. Jesus teaches us here that to be blessed in the truest sense of the word must mean to be renewed in your mind and heart. A new creation and restoration of our being. As we remember in that time, the Romans believed that you are blessed if you have wealth, if you have power, and you're prosperous. The religious leader, the Jewish religious leader, thought that you are blessed if you're obeying the law. And the more you fulfill the law, you are blessed. And Jesus here comes and says to us, no, that's not how you are blessed, by having, possessing, or doing something. Being blessed by God is a state of a new being, is a new life in Jesus Christ, transformed through the power of the Holy Spirit. And final point of today, and I hope through these points, we'll increase our appetite for this series, and we'll come together to study the Word of God and learn from our, for our lives. What should we expect from this sermon series then? Well, as we learn about these Beatitudes, let's understand the impactful message that this sermon had for generations before us. This message changed people. They changed their ways of living. And as we look at Jesus, he saw an opportunity. He saw people coming. And man, he took that opportunity. It's amazing how he always does that. When he sees an opportunity, touchdown, right? He speaks to the heart. So let's learn something from this as a church and as individuals. When opportunities are coming to us this year, let's remember and take those opportunities and be messengers of the kingdom of God. Let's spread the good news of God's love and salvation Learning from Jesus. As we heard, there is an Alpha course starting on 4th of February, 4th of February. Great opportunity for us to invite people to come and be transformed by the Word of God. And to remember Jesus, the greatest preacher, teacher, the highest priest, the King of Kings, gives us this teaching. So let's prepare our hearts and minds to listen to the Beatitudes and to learn. And as we learn and as we go through, let's examine our hearts and see what our feelings are about each of these ones. Because as citizens of the kingdom of God, we are God's plan to stop the world's decay, bring the good news and shine a light in the darkness. As we will see, actually, the Sermon on the Mount ends with, those, with that calling for all of us. The greatest challenge is for us to be salt and light in a decaying world. And this is our calling for us today. And I pray that no matter where we are in our journey with the Lord, I pray that with each beatitude, with each sermon, with each series, and at the end of it, 
we will all feel closer to God, closer to Jesus, being ready to receive him in full through the Holy Spirit, be transformed from the inside out. And I'm sure our lives will flourish and our community will be drawn close to Jesus through that. Amen? God bless you all. In Jesus' name, amen.